Welcome back to the We Was Detectives podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. I'm your other host, Chanel. And we are back for True Detective episode four, which is, again, just called part four. They didn't really take any uh, creative approach to the names of these episodes. But we're at episode four of six, so we're coming down the home stretch. Uh, Chanel, before we get into the show... You can rate us, review us on iTunes or Spotify. Leave us a five-star review if you do. We'll read it on the show. You can also email us as wewasdragonspod at gmail.com. That was wewasdragonspod at gmail.com. And we'll read that on the show as well. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback. We'd like to get some theories on what you all think is going to happen towards the end of this series as we come down the home stretch. So please send those in as you develop those. What did you think of this episode, Chanel? Hey, um, before we get into that, I actually want to do a news around that real quick. It's going to take a half a second. Okay. Okay. Just, oh, we got a review. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Or two days ago, Goy gave us one star. I gave this podcast a try, but a few minutes in, it was revealed that a podcaster hadn't even watched all the seasons. She literally had no idea what she was talking about. I won't waste my time. Huh. Wow. Interesting. So I guess all I want to ask is, what if you waited a little bit longer and it got better? You know what I'm saying? Like, just what if? What the fuck if? It happens. I just want to be able to respond to these, dog. I mean, look, he doesn't have to watch, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, boy, go for it, bro. You know what I mean? But if you want to be a minch, you would try again. Um, but honestly, I don't care. We are true detective fans. What I said in the first episode was that I have seen all four seasons at this point. I've seen every single episode. I did not remember this shit because it's been this fucking uh, a Harry Potter length of time between each fucking movie. Fucking Star Wars releases like this. It's years and years. I didn't, I just didn't have the memory. I'm actually not even defensive. I'm just saying, like, I genuinely actually have watched it. You didn't watch the damn um, uh, Mahershala season. I watched it. That's all. And in the news roundup, um, to transition very quickly, uh, Drake's tool was revealed today on the line. Um, a lot of people got into judging Drake's penis. And I would just say this, um, first and foremost, is that one thing we want to think about as we move towards progress and like being better and equality and feminism and everything else is that um, judging men's bodies is just as body shaming and dangerous as judging women's bodies and so I won't be doing that personally uh so people's private parts are theirs to have and there's nothing wrong with them or great about them there's nothing good really good or really bad they just are um and Beyonce is mother and the Grammy situation was interesting and that's my news roundup oh okay I didn't get that last part. But yeah, so you said Beyonce's what? I, I said Beyonce is mother and the Grammys were this weekend. 
Oh, yeah, the Grammys were fun. They had some really good performances that night. So that Yeah, was really I didn't cool. watch them. I was traveling, but I will say that um, I definitely saw the news about what Jay-Z said. I do think it's in, like the most important part of all of this, right, is that Beyonce is about to come out with a country album. That's the actual news today and tomorrow. Um, also, El Salvador said uh, that when Beyonce recently did, oh no, Brazil, this country, what the, I don't know. When last time she did her trip to Brazil or Salvador, or Salvador, whichever one it was, um, apparently Beyonce paid for everything um, and made it free so that they could do that launch and uh, put the movie there be, and premiere the movie there because of the Afro-Latin Latin acts uh, pop representation there. I thought that was amazing. Um, she also, like I said, is coming out an album. Um, apparently, every time the Grammys like took a break, people were in line to talk to Beyonce. And so it's like, you sh- you really have to ask yourself that, right? Like, Taylor Swift was there. You know what I'm saying? Celine Dion was there. Mariah Carey was there. Molly Cyrus was there. But Beyonce was the one. B- Jay-Z was there. Fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I doubt Kanye was there, but like, you know what I mean? The greats were there, right? People Kanye were in, was not there. <laughs> yeah, pe- pe- but people were in attendance, and Beyonce is the one that they went to the receiving line for. Beyonce was the Pope. So, oh, okay, wow, okay. It's about to be more Beyonce news. Hold on one second. Um, okay, so. Basically, what happened was they were they were the way that they've got some Beyonce. My bottom line is that you can't tell me anyone is above her in terms of influence. There's just nothing you could say because artists themselves are saying that. Like an all jokes aside, who, and yes, who says that? Who says that's not true? People I feel like everybody really try, admits she's no, the biggest people star. People really try to make the Taylor Swift thing stick. People I mean, really try to make the Taylor depends Swift. Depends what you, you mean. Know. No, people try to say that they are neck and neck. I think Beyonce is a, is a bigger star and a better entertainer. I think people were talking about her shows. Her ticket was harder to get. The Taylor Swift ticket was harder to get than the Beyonce ticket. But she's not a bigger star than Beyonce. Well, it just depends. Taylor Swift is interesting because she's one of the... She, like a lot of white singers cross over to like other people. And... I don't think she really crossed over to particularly the black people, at least like, you know, there was other like Celine Dion. I know black people that love Celine Dion mm-hmm. and can name her songs. Mm-hmm. Like there's other, like, I don't hear that so often with true detective. So I, I don't know if that's a cultural thing. Cause over on that side, she's like the biggest fucking deal. She just didn't cross over uh, to us because I think her music is, I think she can sing, but I think her music is plain. It's just kind of, it's kind of bland to me. Yeah, yeah, but for sure. her ticket was hard to get. Like she, she was selling out in a way that no one has sold out since like Michael Jackson. Like in a in a way like where you cannot get a ticket, even no matter how hard you try. So I think that was kind of where that whole thing came about. Yeah, I mean to be to be fair, no, I don't I don't think that's where it came about. But I think what you're saying is valid. Like I'm talking about discourse that was happening like on podcasts and people talking about music and there were a lot of people trying to make the argument that Taylor Swift was the greatest performer of our lifetime. They were not saying, 
oh, she does box office. They were saying like perform and go see her concert. It's amazing. And I also remember huh. there was like a lot, there was like a lawsuit between her and Ticketmaster. So I feel like that ticketing thing might not be all Well, the organic. lawsuit was because Ticketmaster, she had, so she had put the tickets out at this like low affordable price and then a relatively affordable price. And then all the like Ticketmaster and other resellers were buying up the tickets and then jacking up the prices and keeping the difference and not give it like she wasn't. Right, that's what I'm saying. But but I'm saying all of that clearly adds to this idea of it being so much harder. Like people do that for Beyonce too, and it's still it's not. Anyway, that's not the point. The point I'm, anybody can get tickets to most shows, right? Like why wouldn't she be able to get tickets to her show? It's the affordable. It's like it doesn't matter. The point is that. She represents something that is not the best thing in music ever and is not the greatest songwriter in history. Isn't That's not what she represents. And people want to gas that. And it's so, fr I mean, I don't have to repeat what's so clear. Like a black woman has a one album of the year since Lauren, uh, Lauren Jeanette Hill. Like, are you, are we serious? Like it's been so many years and black women are dominate music. Right. And it's, frustrating um and not even just that it's just like just you know it's black history month and you think about the culture and the the things that we do to add to the world and the lack of credit that we get um so i don't know why i mean i'm glad that Hove got his grammy right because that was a whole thing for years like he didn't get his grammy until he did you know he covered annie um but i think in general it's a frustrating it's a frustrating situation um i think that you know we talked we actually talked like a while ago about this and i think they should reconsider categories and what that looks like. But I mean, the fact that Hove got something means that there is like, they're thinking more about like legendary artist awards and things like that. Um, well, but I think got the Dr. Dre world influence is, award, which means he gave a bunch of money. That's, that's what that means. There's come on y'all quit playing with me, Dr. Dre. And he, it, 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 why is it not the D Barnes world influence award? If you really care anyway, so um, I would just say that about like uh, the situation. I think that Taylor Swift is fine if you like her, but I think if you're gassing her so much or like making her like your feminist icon, I don't know that you should. Um, well, I think, you should well, I think that's that. unfair. You can you can like Beyonce without discrediting Taylor. Just like people should be able to like Taylor without trying to say Beyonce is less than. Like they're both really big stars. Like it's it's okay to say they're really big stars, and that also Beyonce doesn't get her just due. You don't have to be like, well, you know, Taylor's not what y'all say she is. She ain't all that good. She y'all just hyping her up. Like it can be both. Both things can be true. You don't have to dismiss. Like it was a someone did a really good podcast talking about that, and they were just like. Like these two, like these things can be true. Like someone was like, they had an interview with someone. They were, and it was like the year, who was that guy that won over Beyonce that year? Not not Miguel. Was it Matthew Bruno Moore. Mars? No, was it was it Bruno Mars? I, I forget who it was. It was someone where it was. I forget what I forget who it was, but it was someone who won. And and I and I remember I was podcasting at the time and I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about that. And and one of the hosts in the podcast is like a big music nerd, like a huge, like a huge like music nerd at the time. And then the other two, they were just, you know, casuals. And so the guy was like, um, 
why can't you just say like I just thought she should win? You don't like did you like they were tearing down the, the person that won and they asked him like did you listen to the album? And they were like, No, I didn't listen to the album. And so the point was like, you can say I I loved Beyonce's album. I think she was the best. I think she should have won, and then not tear down the album that you didn't even listen to. You get what I'm trying to say? Like you can like you can do those things at the same time. I think that most of the times you can, but I think what's important here is that we um uh is that we just really discuss how it's either racism is dangerous and scary and people are dying and dogs are being sicked on you and the water hoses are going off or there's nothing. And it's like, we need to be able to identify that quiet racism that is a lot more subtle um, and call it out. And it, there's so much gaslighting when you're like, okay, racism has gone to hide and reformed in this other in this other way. So it's like, I'm not trying to knock Taylor Swift, but I'm saying that, in, well, I am, because I don't really like her. I, I just choose to not Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. I hate if I want to, right. But at the same time, it's like the, the way that you want to make her, the way that y'all have made her who she is, is emblematic of my issues with white feminism. And therefore it is a, it is worth arguing about for me because it is the crux of the issue. It's how it manifests today. And it's like, it's it's like loving pumpkin spice, but, and not giving a fuck about black lives. It's, it's literally that, you know what I mean? Like you're so, you're so much more passionate about Starbucks than you are like workers' rights. It's that whole thing. But then you want to say girl power, like more girl CEOs, girl boss, you know, gaslight girl boss. Um, so I think that's what I'm saying is like it's 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 in theory, but it's kind of like if um but isn't that kinda, you're upset at the people hyping her and not her? Well, what I'm I, my, what I'm upset about with her is that she is similar to Doja Cat. She's dated really problematic people. She doesn't speak out as much. Like basically, she's with that power with with Beyonce's level of power. Look at what she does with it. With Taylor's level of power. She's not willing that like lack of crossover means no matter what, she's not willing to give a fuck about anything going on in the world, let alone the other thing of like she's she's like perpetually 19 years old. You know what I mean? Like she's not maturing and growing in a way of like, I'm an like I'm an artist and I want to talk about these things in the world. Or like there was a um man, oh my God, what's his name? There's a dude on Twitter. He works, he writes for Jenny and Georgia. Um, he also does another really cool writing thing. I cannot believe I'm forgetting his name. But he was tr uh, trending yesterday because he posted that basically whatever. It's, people's, he posted something about her and people were coming back at him like, oh, you should have posted that. And then apparently there was a line in Judy and Georgia when they said like, oh, so-and-so is so, she dates so much, she moves on faster than Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift said it's <laughs> an anti-feminist show because why would you say that? And it's like, that's also kind of feminism in a way of like, do you date a lot? Then it's, they're not commenting on it because you're a woman. They're commenting on it because you're a famous person. Like, I mean, they could have said Leo DiCaprio, they could have said whatever. Um, But I think it's, yeah. but then it's like on the flip side, you're like, well, why wouldn't you name a woman who dates a lot? Because women can date a lot too. Like, it's not really fair, but it's yeah. like, because she wanted to highlight that and you do not know where she did not, she didn't even post a black square for Black Lives Matter. You see what I'm saying? Like she uses her platform for like, cute above the above controversy like feminist bullshit and not really anything else so i'm judging anybody who doesn't have a stance um there's no huge artist today maybe besides like drake 
who I also judge that I'm not like, <laughs> Hey, I have, I have big expectations for you and what you do for the world and like you making it better. So I think it's just like, if you're going to tell me she's that big, then she needs to be that big of a philanthropist, that big of a, of a you know what I mean? There's a genocide happening. Right. So like, how big are you? Are you too big to speak out? Then you're not that big. Then you're not that great. Then you're not that whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, then you are only, then it, you make it seem like you're one crumble away. Um, And so that's why we were saying like, it's Kanye's fault because people rallied around that girl after he told the truth on stage that one time. And if he had made her a martyr, she, her career might not have spot, like skyrocketed the way it did, but it I probably was foretold. True. I mean, it's probably foretold because she's a leggy blonde chick whose face doesn't change. And she, I, so she probably would have did well anyway. And I also just want to say, Side note, she cannot dance. And I think that's just what, that's really why I'm like, stop the presses and shut the fuck up. Until she she can do on the twos and fours, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. She can't dance. That's she dances a lot. like Cardi. She danced like Cardi B, dog. Okay, so anyway, that was not why I hate her. Um, anyway, uh, Beyonce, while we were talking, Beyonce dropped uh, her hairline. So her hair is called Sacred Hair, C-E-C-R-E-D. And um, we don't, we're not distracted. She's still going to drop the country act. And I know this, I know it, it has to be. So anyway, that was all. It didn't mean to get all into that, but I am. You think um, she's going to do that because she's wearing a cowboy hat? 100%. <laughs> do you, why the fuck would she wear a, co- a cowboy hat? Think about she's it. from Texas. No, that's not, be- no. Beyonce, everything is intentional. Beyonce does Beyonce does Easter eggs at this point. So what they were saying is like, look at how mama's, because they didn't all wear Texas gear. They didn't all do it. She, It's a country album. I mean, we could put money on it at this point. It's con- it's country is coming because she did daddy lessons. She took a break. It's coming back. Um, so I say all that to say that uh, I don't believe this is act two. I believe the hair thing is just her going in the middle. Um, and we'll see. Maybe she's going to keep, but really right now Beyonce is edging us and it's crazy. Um, okay, cool. Well, I would love to hear more about what makes the the hairline special. Like she literally just dropped it the, like a quick video. And so clearly her website's about to crash. But um, unless it's two hundred dollars a bottle, I'll check that shit out. <laughs> I know the fact that I just went off on Taylor Swift means the reviews are really coming in hot. The reviews are coming in HOT next week. We're getting negative two star reviews. No, nah, they won't. It's fine. I mean, you're not alone. A-, a lot of people are mad at Taylor Swift, though. It's really interesting the cross section of who's mad because it's like people who are Beyonce fans are kind of mad because they think she's overhyped and taking the attention. And then it's like all the like like football fans are mad at her because they think. She takes all the attention. And then, like, right-wing assholes are mad at her because they think she's some liberal, like, progressive beacon who's making people vote for Joe Biden and not vote for their... Because, you know, she's from the South, so she's not this Southern Tennessee belle who, you know, loves all the MAGA stuff. And so they hate her, too. So it's really... And then it's not actually hate because she all she does is get all the awards and get all the attention... So it's not even like real hate. It's kind of like this thing where it's just like people like to say that. But like, you know, everything you said was mostly, was well, I think mostly true. I think some of it was you just don't like her, which is fine. 
Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I don't particularly see her as like this terrible person. I just think she's a boring white girl who can sing a little bit. <laughs> and I feel like there's a lot of them. But I've also never heard. I also could not tell you a single song that is hers by hearing it or name a single song by name that she's ever made. So I may not be the best judge of her talent uh, in, that, in, in that sense. Uh, but no, I thought it was cool. I thought the Grammys was cool. I thought the performances was cool. Uh, I didn't know that you, I didn't know Beyonce was making a country album. That's interesting. So we'll see how that, I'll be interested to see how that turns out. Cause I would bet money she can pull that off as well. Cause I've never, I haven't seen her mess up anything yet. So I'd bet that to be good. Oh, please. I, I bet money too. That's a safe ass bet. The odds are one to one. That she fucks around and it drops the greatest. Come, on, she if she feels like going for CMT, it'll be hers. That's all I know. Yeah, I don't. I don't doubt. I don't doubt people like. I don't doubt high achievers. So, <laughs> I don't think it gets much higher of achievement than her, in, in uh, in any actually okay. really in anything. I guess this is a reflection of how I felt about this episode um, because I literally just wanted to read this tweet to you all out. It's unrelated, and then we can get into it. This tweet says, on a Teams meeting yesterday, I said, let her cook out loud. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I, one of my, uh, my colleagues made a great point during a controversial argument, and now I got to go see HR on Monday for sexism allegations. <laughs> Did you oh, catch that? Oh, they don't that? get it. Yeah, they don't get it. Yeah, they think he's saying let her cook, like be a woman. Um, another person said the guy who did my tattoo was only nineteen. I said, "Well, I'm scared of you." He's like, "What? Why are you scared?" So just the the duality of being uh, black at work. Um, anyway, those are all things like that's our Black History Month recap. Uh, well, I don't get the second so tweet. What was that? I don't get that one. It's just how it's funny as hell to it's it's hard as hell to understand black sayings if you're not black. But he said, I'm scared of you. No, she, the guy who did my, so it says it's hard to, it, black things are so funny because they're hard to understand if you aren't black. The guy who did my tattoo was only 19. And I said, ooh, I'm scared of you. And oh, he was like, oh, why oh, are you oh, scared? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got it. <laughs> All right, yeah. you said that really fast. I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just trying to push through because I know I'm taking so much time. Um, it's fine. But, bef but, you know, speaking of Night Country, how I felt about it was, um, I felt okay. I felt confused. And you know how I feel about a confusing ending. But I looked at a review and this shit kind of threw me because this man hates this fucking show. And so yeah. um, we can we can go through the episode pretty quickly, but I just wanted to read this from it. So um, by Eric Kane at Forbes.com, True Detective Night Country is one of the most disappointing mystery store shows ever made. So... I know critics have to be tough, but I mean, sheesh. So he basically says um, that he watched the whole season ahead of time. So this is spoiler-free review. Um, but he 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 watched ahead to see if there would be a satisfying payoff that made it worth it at the end, or would the various threads come together for a satisfying conclusion? And he thinks they did not. He thinks that having the show in the second half has an identity crisis, straddling between HBO's decision to make uh, its own mystery and HBO shoehorning it into True Detective. Um, he felt like there's no organic. Oh, so here's what I want to ask you, just like as I go through this, if you just real quick agree or disagree, then we can discuss. So, um, 
He said the mystery feel hardly feels like a mystery at all. No sense of organic urgency or a coherent investigation. True or false? Uh, false. It's pretty clear what the mystery is. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm, I guess I didn't like that part either. The messy plot <laughs> is bogged down in dreary, tedious exposition and repetitive dialogue. Uh, not really. Not until this episode. Although this episode had one of the most egregious cases of exposition I've ever seen on a exactly, TV show. Yeah, yeah I think that's what. But you it was said. only one scene. But it was only one scene. Uh, but it was egregious. Pacing is all over the place. No, I think. That, well, I think that that's. I don't think that's a terrible critique. I wouldn't say it's all over the place, but I do think this show is suffering from kind of what a lot of the Disney Plus Marvel shows suffer from which is there are only six episodes. And so telling a six-hour story is kind of hard to do. Yeah. And I think they're well, struggling said, with that. Yeah, he, yeah, I agree. He said the messy plot is bogged down in dreary, tedious exposition and repetitive dialogue. Pacing is all over the place. Every time something exciting and interesting happens, the show slams on its brakes, devolving into another tedious conversation or leaping to a new scene in a jarring way. Okay, a couple more things he said. Um, none of the characters are particularly likable. Danvers has that seems has, that seems mad sexist. Yeah, I, said, let me add to it. I agree. He says Danvers has barely a single redeeming quality, and her partner Navarro is just as hard to stomach. Uh, you can you you. Yeah, this is about to be crazy. You can get away with having a detective be this awful of a human being only if they make up for it with Hercule Perot like intellect. He says they are not intellectual <laughs> enough. Golly. They are not likable. I agree. They are not likable. But like, how many fucking how many fucking buddy cop shows are yeah. shows I watch with two unlikable characters? The only cop we like is Olivia Benson. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like the Owen Munch. Benson and Munch. We um, just re we everybody in the world just watched Succession that I don't think had a single likable character yeah. in the entire history of the show. Yeah, I don't understand it. Talk okay, last um he said there's bad CGI and mediocre cinematography and lame music needle drops. I thought that shit was that was, he was rough on them. Yeah, I mean he, said he, he he thinks it's based on a show called Deadlock that's on Amazon Prime because they're so similar. He said Deadlock was much was much better. So that's the end of that. What do you think? Uh I think that there are some men who don't like this show because it has two women leads in roles that are typically uh, given to men. And if we're being honest, their acting, their behaviors in the show are very uh, traditionally masculine. Like, like uh, both of these women dominated. We saw both of these women in a sex scene. And both of these women were definitely the aggressor or the the power in the sex scene, which is generally not something that you see. They one of them is apparently fucking every married nigga in the town. Like she gets around dinner, 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 and round don't around. give a fuck. It does not give a fuck. We'll she go just back be like, to them when she needs <laughs> she something. Just do the she just shade her face when the wife walks by. Like, how have they not ran a fade on you? There was a scene this episode, which we'll get to, where Navarro is is sad about something, and she does the thing that men do all the time in movies, where they like, I want to feel pain. 
because I'm upset. And she goes and gets into a fight, which happens yep. to men all the time in TV shows. Yep. And so yep. I feel like there a lot of these things are traditionally man or men uh, actions. Yeah. And they put it on women. And I think a lot of people have this notion of what women should be, even though, even if they can understand, even if they put a woman as a cop, they still have like this idea of what a woman should be. And I think yeah. it's fucking with that. And so it fucks with them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I actually think that was a little bit too harsh. And I did think, well, how much of this has to do with them being women? Um, because the dialogue is like, I mean, they talk about God, which is important in that this show is a spiritual ass show and we don't know what's happening. Um, and okay, hold on, I'm gonna sneeze. You could talk. Okay, sorry. They talk about God in a way um, that I think is going to be relevant because we're talking about like spirituality. But um, besides that, I don't think that much of the exposition is like it's not like she's just walking around crying, talking about her husband. Like it's it's hidden. It's uh, but it's under there, just like it is. Like you said, for any cop drama where the husband is tortured and fucking Bosch doesn't say a goddamn thing. You know what I mean? People love that. So is it like? I don't see how he's that different than uh, Danvers. So I do agree. I think that Jodie Foster is playing the hell out of this um, very uh, butchy character she is. Yeah. And honestly, and she's she kind of is like somewhat me. And that's kind of that's why I'm just like trying to take it all in because she very much reminds me of me in some of the ways that she acts. Um, and then, yeah, Navarro is doing something very similar. I I do think sometimes they use characters in a very interesting way that could be considered a bad way in terms of the show, but I'm not about to like sit up here and rip it apart just to do so. Um, but yeah, I would say that um, I'm, I'm going to check out that uh, this other show, the deadlock show that you mentioned in the review to see how similar it really is. Um, but anyway, with that said, I well, also, did think that was standard, harsh. If your standard for charisma is Perot, I feel like your standard is like really like really if, if it's like if it's if you're like if they're not as charismatic as Perot, then I don't want to see it. I don't know. He really said what intellectual. He said really, intellectual. Yeah, I don't really know what you want. Like what show you watching? Like what what are you watching on TV if that's your standard? That's a that's a high that's a high standard <laughs> to like if like nothing and not even saying I'm talk, not even talking about if it's good or not I'm talking about if that's your standard on the character's intellect like they have to be like let's just like saying you know what I don't like I don't like any detective shows if they're not as funny or ridiculous as Columbo I mean right, exactly, how many exactly. like what then what what are you watching because there's no one like Columbo there's one there's one show that's been out there like Columbo as in so I don't know what you're watching. That's what you're waiting for. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, by yeah, the way, Deadlock, that show that he's talking about. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, that's a movie. I was about to say, is it a movie or is it a TV show? I'm actually not sure. Oh, Amazon Prime, Deadlock. It's a, Well, that's a comedy. Oh, I mean, that look, I mean, that's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So maybe it's actually good. Uh, yeah, I think it's like I, so. What he he brought it up because he said that um, there's uh there's a lot of parallels, but like this show had the deadlock and like there's a cutout tongue, yeah. also right. But this show has some parallels, but the but the problem is he hates whenever True Detective tries to be funny, 
um like tr like like with the elf in the background um he's like oh that's not cute at all like, this is such a dark show and he says the other show is like light in the right moment so i think he just maybe this nigga just watched deadlock and was like i love this movie and then watched that has two that's two women too that has two women actually the entire cast appears to almost be all women in that show so maybe it wasn't a woman thing maybe i prejudged him uh on that or maybe it's a certain type of woman that he's looking for and I'm correct. And if I watch this show and they portray the a, a, a more traditional feminine version of a cop, which I might assume that might be the case, then maybe the, I am still correct in that sense. So I don't want to. I'll hold off a hundred percent judgment on him. I'll give him ninety three and a half percent that I think. He's I mean, still I like being, what you said because it was making me yeah. stress. Like, damn, does this show fucking suck? No, I don't think the show sucks. I, people like this show in general. There are a lot of fans. We'll get into the show in just a second, but there are a lot of fans of season one of True Detective because a, a lot of people think that's like one of the greatest seasons of television that's ever been done, and so they're holding everything up to that standard of season one. In particular, and and really, if we're being honest, what they're holding everyone to is the performance of McConaughey, which was fantastic in that series because the story is not terribly great i mean it's okay it's a good story but it's not like all oh, the greatest story i've ever seen mcconaughey was unbelievable in that show and i think everybody's just like oh it's the greatest thing ever because mcconaughey was great and so they're trying to compare it to that but like people are liking the show like mm -hmm. people are watching whenever, the show. whenever mcconaughey puts on a ponytail that nigga's getting an award <laughs> He can act his ass off. I give him credit. He's a he's a very yeah, good I actor. Too. I, um, um, I so would just say, yeah, I do. I do think this show is interesting. I, I think it's like, um, it's like when we would recap like a, a Succession, and I'd have to really check myself about the women characters and how I was like feeling manipulated into hating them. I think it's like it's no different. You got got you got to be really careful about why you hate, like why these women can't just cook. Let her cook, meaning let her. I think both of these I th more more Liz than Navarro, but I think both of these women are unlikable in ways, particularly Liz. Like I can see why someone watching the show is like, "This is a fucking bitch," like that type of thing. Especially how she treats her daughter and just like all the people in the city. How she treats Pete. Yeah, what's the name? Wife ass. gonna beat her ass. <laughs> like I can see why someone would be like, "Oh, she is terribly unlikable," <laughs> but uh, but those characters are always like people. Characters people love, like exactly because they solve the mystery, they get shit done. So I do think it's rude as fuck. And um, anyway, we can talk about more stuff later. But yeah, thank you for indulging me. That was my recap. Thinking about like the high level of it. Um, I do want to. I do want to recap this. Uh, sh this as quickly as we can. Um, because there was a lot, and there was like also not that much. So we, you already just some things you already mentioned. You mentioned that um, there's a scene later when Navarro gets upset and she has a big fight. That's like not a huge part of the um, like a huge part of the story specifically. But she gets into a fight with a guy from the premiere who was beating on his wife and or his girlfriend or something. And um, she also later goes to Kavik and Kavik nurses her. And um, she has like a dislocated finger and he distracts her by getting down on one knee as if he's going to propose. And then he snaps her finger into place to help her, um, which was a great smart on him um, But because she was distracted. But then she kind of says like, fuck you, Kavik, fuck you, Kavik, into, into crying. And I was really glad that she, she, in her own way, had multiple people be there for her um because that was a rough one i don't know why they did that though but anyway so she's 
she has a moment at the end that I'm just like, okay, what the fuck? Um, so yeah, so starting let's start from the beginning then. So we started Danvers House and for this is the weirdest thing I just I realized this episode, but it now that I think about it, it's happened like throughout the show. Liz just be sitting there listening to static. Like, what are you doing? Like, who listens to static? Like, she's not listening to music. It's literally just static in her headphones. Uh, but she can't sleep. She keeps watching this Annie video over and over. Um, and I at this point I was like, it looked like it's fossils down there. And then we we learned that later mm-hmm. that it, it was. Um, she goes into Leah's room. Leah's sleep and she acts like a whole ass mom. Like, I think she I think she was saying a little bit of Annie and Leah. Or I think she was thinking Leah's going down that path, right? Because Annie was an activist. Annie was starting to was embracing her native uh native uh indigenous heritage. And then she sees Leah trying to kind of embrace that indigenous heritage. She sees Leah going to meetings to like protests and be an activist against the mines. And I think seeing that death video, the apparent death video of Annie was kind of freaking her out to be like, yo, my, like my daughter is going down the same path. I don't want her to do that, but she's not really like capable or she don't really have the, the words or the, the feelings to like express that in a productive way. So like, as we've been seeing throughout the show, she's been expressing that in a very problematic and negative way, which is doing the opposite of what she wants. Instead of like bringing Leah closer to her, she's pushing her away. So uh, I thought that was a really interesting scene to see her go in when she was sleeping, just like look at her and just be like, I, you know, I, I don't like, essentially I don't want this to happen to you. So I thought I thought that was a really telling scene early in the show. I mean, yeah, she. I I don't think near you ever have thought she doesn't love that girl. Um, I think it's more just uh, like we said, her her fear because she's already lost a child, she's already lost a husband. Um, so I think she could either be like super duper like clingy, right, to where she doesn't want the girl to live or leave or anything, and that we would also critique that. So I don't think there's really a way to be normal after you have that much loss. So then they tell us it's December 24th, the seventh day of night. Uh, Darius is driving into town. She calls Peter. He's at the rink. They bury to pack the bodies up and send them to Anchorage. She's on her way there. And the next thing you know, Jules is just outside in like a bra and some pants, like taking her clothes off. And Darius is like, what the fuck is going on? And she gets out, but she's very caring. She's like, hey, let's get in the car. I got you. I got you. Jules is kind of crying. She's like, I got you. She puts a blanket on her, takes her to the, takes her to the police station. They didn't lock her up, which is good. That was that would have been a little uh, triggering. So they took, they just took her to the police station to take care of her, and then called um, Navarro to like, hey, come, you know, come check on your sister. Uh, so then they cut to the police station. Navarro's talking to Liz, Jules. Jules comes out and apologizes to Liz. Says, I'm sorry. Liz is like, listen, it's all right. We get it. Just I want you to be better. And Navarro thanks Liz. She basically, then they start talking about the bodies. Navarro wonders if Connolly is trying to take the case away from them. And which I have an interesting opinion on that as we get a little bit later. Uh, but Navarro and Liz at this point seem to be on better terms. Like they've been at each other's throat for the first three episodes. But this episode, it was much more cordial of a relationship. Like they were building back what they once had. Uh, when they used, it seemed like they used to be partners or at least work together. 
consistently. Uh, and so Liz asks, why is Connolly here? And Connolly's like, I'm not here to take the case. I'm here just trying to help. Uh, so Liz gets up, up to speed. Connie, this was an interesting thing. He, she's like, did you get my Annie K video? And Connolly was like, yeah, but that needs to be on a need-to-know basis. And I'm like, everybody is really um, closed mouth on this Annie K shit that happened six years ago at this point or whatever the fuck it was. And I'm, so I'm wondering if like, he had anything to do with the cover-up or what happened with her. I don't know if he had anything directly to do with it, but I'm wondering if he had something to do with the cover-up of what happened with her back then because he seemed real like closed mouth on this like yo don't say nothing about this shit uh but other, also if it did get out it could be a little weird thing like if i was in that town and i saw this video of this woman i knew that got her tongue chopped off and she's in an ice cave somewhere talking about i found i found it and then gets killed that would kind of freak me out particularly in a town with like 300 people <laughs> i'd be like yeah, right. this is a little bit scary so i can see both sides of that but it just made me wonder so then they cut to the lighthouse. This is like the local mental health facility that they have. Um, and it's a voluntary facility. So it's not like lockdown. It's just kind of like, a you know, we we check you in and we try to serve you as best as we can in this small ass town. And Jules, at this point, seemed open to this. She was just, and Navarro was just talking to her, like, just give it a try. I want you to get better. And Jules is like, yeah, you know, don't worry about me. I'll be okay. Uh, they cut back to the station. They found some old case with a dude that has similar injuries to the people they found in the scientists uh, that happened to the scientists. Which, yeah, it makes sense, but it's also like just one is kind of funny, but because, like, what is the timeline here and how often does this happen? Like, what I guess I'm just wondering if it'll make sense when we see it, um, but yeah, so they do this search for all these people, and it's kind of like a very good um, trope, I think, of like, Oh, let's I have an idea. Let's do a search. And that search leads you right down the, the lead. Like I'm pretty sure very few detectives have that actual experience of like Googling something and be like, oh, one guy, you know, one VIN matches this, one car matches description. Um, so anyway, I actually I can't lie to you. Like I watched this episode, obviously. Um, but I feel like I missed some things and I tried to rewind and I said, you know what, I'm gonna just see if it all wraps up. Cause I know this man is like uh he ends up coming up again later as like what his past role was. Um, but yeah, so they what's his name again? Oh, the guy that they're looking for? Like the mm-hmm. guy that had the the uh um, yeah. it's like Oscar, injuries? it's like Oscar or some shit. Otis. Otis, Otis, yep. So um Ot- like so boom, put a pin in Otis, he's there. Um and by the way, like just the police work they're doing here is pretty great. And there is a there's this ongoing trope throughout the episode of, well, it's Christmas Eve, it's Christmas, like uh, you know, people want to go home to their family. But I guess to be really honest, like you're investigating a murder. You do have to literally go, you can't tell the family, the victims' families, oh, well, we let <laughs> We let the suspect enjoy the day off because we ha- like we had we had dinner plans. You know what I mean? Like you can't let like the potential murderer get away because it's a holiday. And so I think um, it is very interesting how few people. I guess Leah Le- Leah doesn't care, but um, what's his name? Wife is like truly confused about this six person like this mass murder 
that happened, like you said, in the town, like a two percent of her population is gone and she's not pressed. So I was a little bit conf- like that's the part that's probably the most confusing to me. So th- they uh, Liz asked Peter, like, what's up with your father? Where he at? And Peter was like, oh, he at the airport. He about to pick up his fiance. <laughs> And so Navarro then calls Liz. Navarro Wait, sorry, says, can we just cut to that and say what happened there? Because it's so quick, but it's so oh no, fun. it's right, it's right next. It's the next. Oh, okay, scene. cool, cool, cool. So Navarro calls Liz, and she basically says, "Like, look, I've been looking into this. There ain't no ice caves anywhere in the area of where they found her body, which is an important key because essentially, it's kind of what we talked about last week. If she died there, somebody took her body." And then displayed it out where people could see it to like send a message uh, after the death. They didn't just kill her and leave her down there to like try to be secret. So it was it was purposeful, and I mean we know that based on the type of crime it was. Right, but right, right. More so now, but yeah, it's it's it was clearly like it's clearly there's a couple more steps to this. I mean, let alone like the guy the phone being in like we said the phone being in what's his name's a trailer. Right. So we knew that there, it wasn't a I mean, I think that we knew from pretty early on, like once I started doing the swirl, it was like this wasn't just like a white man killed her because she was protesting the mine kind of thing. There's like another layer. If, if it's if it is that, then they did a lot for no reason. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how we're seeing now that like her death and, and and in the preview, like they said, this exact line, like her her death and this law deaths are clearly linked somehow. Um, so we will see. We'll see, you know. So then they cut to the airport, and this, poor Hank. This nigga Hank, not poor Hank, uh, just poor Hank. Hank. Hank, just regular old Hank, just getting what he deserves. Is um, we don't know that Hank is terrible anymore. He smacked his son yesterday. Ain't his son a grown ass man? That he smacked. Is he a grown man? So. Exactly. So, so for a grown man to not defend himself means all his life he's been getting slapped. That's what that means. Uh, oh, you don't, man. you don't, you know what I mean. You don't slap a twenty-seven year old out of nowhere and he'd be like looking at the floor. He'd be like, "What the fuck? You just why would you slap me?" You know what I <laughs> mean. So that's how I, that's how we know about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, he's just a regular, oh, a regular piece of shit. Like, he's, he's what you would expect. But um, I didn't feel bad for him because he's stupid as fuck. Like, you know, I'm not saying oh, yeah, that people I don't, thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm just like, bro, like, get the photo, get the phone call. Like, I know it's a risk. I know there's nine day fiance. Sometimes it works out, but it's just like it was. <laughs> why would first of all, why was she moved in the middle of night? Like, she, she could come when the sun comes out. Why would she move to live with you in the middle of the night? So I feel like well, that was the part- last day of night. So maybe she was coming. Maybe he thought she was coming because because remember the next day it was like bright outside. So like the sun is coming back. So maybe she was that. coming for the last day at night. She's like, you know, I want to experience the last day at night. I literally didn't see that. Because you know, my boy, we get. I mean, later they. I don't. I don't have this in my notes, but later on they kind of show a montage, and my boy Hank, he pulled out all the stops. Man, he had he had the Corbell champagne in the refrigerator, chill. He had like seventeen That's rose petals on up. the bed. Yeah, seventeen rose petals on the bed. Can you please shut the fuck up? Because he the, he had beer, a bottle of champagne. Now he didn't have butter in his fridge. No, it was Corbell champagne. That's what it was. He had the Corbell on chill, and the rose petals. He was ready. He was trying to give that woman the night of her life. 
At least the best you could do it in Ennis. Yikes. And he was heartbroken. And he stayed up. And the the best part of the scene was the the last person to come to the door was like this blonde white lady. And so you're like, oh, you know, she he's got this Eastern European woman that he's trying to date. Of course, it's a blonde white lady. But of course, she's the fucking flight attendant. And she just pulls the fucking door shut. And they start to peel off. And he's just standing there in the fucking cold. I laughed so hard. Yeah, I knew it was coming. I laughed so I'm hard like, at that. I mean, and as an actor, he did great. Because he really had that hope on his face. Um, yes, that's the best that. part. But He was acting speaking, so good there. But by the way, I don't think the day is coming. It, I, I do see it's going to be like 60 days. Like it doesn't, night doesn't stop until late January. So literally right now, it's just, it just became day in, in, in this last, like in real life, in real time. Um, I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll see, but I didn't see in the previews it got like brighter. It looked to me like when it was riding in the car, it was bright, but maybe I was tripping. Um, uh, so yeah, I, thought- I think, I think there was some light flashing in. Also, when I was looking that up, some other things popped up, and so this is just so you know. Jodie Foster is five foot three. Um, she has an IQ of one thirty two. She went to Yale. This all just popped up when I googled night. Um, like <laughs> last day of night in Alaska, Jodie Foster came up, and then next to her picture about the fact that she went to Yale and had an IQ of one thirty two is Lisa Kudrow. So that's fun. And Buddy Foster is her twin brother who also was an actor. So there's more back behind the scenes for you. But yeah, I think in the middle of it. Um, I, I would like to see some daylight, but honestly, I, I can't, I can't, I don't believe we're going to end up out of night before the end of this show. I think it's just like such an important part of the scenery. Um, but okay, yeah, so he, so his, his ass is sad. He eventually goes back to the office and pulls out the liquor that he keeps in the office. Yeah, but yeah. So before that, Navarro and Liz are driving. Liz asks how, you know, she starts, she's basically like, showing some care about Jules. And she's asking, like, how bad is it? Like, is everything going to be okay? What do you think? And so then Liz tells a story about when her mom died and her dad told him to pray, uh, which is kind of a weird, it was a weird story. Um, But she was basically just saying, like, you know, you could do it, but sometimes that shit makes things worse. Uh, So then they show up at someone's crib. And this is the homie from the school earlier that she went to talk to. And this woman opened, she's turned her back to the door. And the brother's like, what the fuck are you doing? And then she was like, oh, you fucked this nigga too? Like, it was so funny. Uh, and mm-hmm. the woman opens the door and she's like, how can I help you, officer? And then she sees Liz back there. She's like, mm-hmm. and she was about to slam like, the door. Like, I, she's like, nerd. you got to show up at my house on Christmas Eve. And then the was like, look, it's a murder. Your husband can help us. Just give us five minutes. And so she lets him in the house. He starts looking at the video. She's like, yeah, this dude look like fossils, look like whale bones. And then Navarro was like, but there ain't no caves around here that would have that shit. And he was like, yeah, it is some though. It's up north, like, but it's real dangerous getting there. Like it got earthquakes and all types of shit around there. It's like a death trap. And he was like, don't go up there, but let's track down the man who came, like who mapped the cave system. He basically did like a Google search, like man who mm-hmm. mapped in this cave system. And they found this dude named Otis. And Liz was like, oh, Otis, that's the same dude me and Pete was looking at earlier. Coincidence? I think not. Uh, so they cut back to the lighthouse. An orange rolls from under Jules' bed, which we saw with Navarro in a couple episodes ago. 
she looks under the bed and she sees her dead mama and she freaks out. Bruh, I'm, can you imagine? Also, what are the, what's the, I'm trying to figure out what the um significance of the oranges are. I listened to a show that explained what that was and I don't remember what it said. I should have wrote it down. But yeah, it does have some type of like cultural significance, but I don't remember what it was. Um, and so then they cut to Rose's crib, who's dressed to the nines, which this is really this scene was really weird to me. She's dressed to the nines. She cooked out this whole big ass spread of Christmas Eve dinner. Like like she was expecting someone to show up there. <laughs> Cause Navarro didn't like call her and be like, hey, dog, like we know we spent Christmas Eve together. She showed up to ask some questions and she was ready. And so that part was really weird to me. Cause I was like, what's going on here? But uh she asked Rose, Navarro asked Rose, like, hey, dog, like, this ain't your real name. What the fuck did you do before you moved to Ennis? And she basically told her, I used to be a professor at a college, and that shit got boring. And I wanted to explore some new shit. I felt like life was meaningless. And so I rolled up here. And I was thinking to myself, you thought life was meaningless? So you went to Ennis, Alaska? You are wilding. So yeah, I don't know. Rose kind of suspicious it. to me. She is suspicious. She also, like, I could see it if, and it wouldn't make more sense if she said she got pulled there, but like something, you know what I mean? Like, it, like you said, it's, it is so hard to find, I feel like. Um, I always do wonder though how people end up in places because like people do just end up in places and I think that's fascinating. Um, and, but this was another character that the review mentioned where it's like, why is she still around? You know what I mean? Like, what, is, what do we need her for? Um, and she almost is like, just like a, like an Oracle figure to go to every once in a while. Um, but I guess one thing I can, I take away from it is like solace that she, um, she's kind of like a spiritual guide for, Evangelina might help her get through this. Um, she also is a part, like just a support system for Navarro that we have that she's going to need with all the stuff that happens in this episode. So then they, uh, she, uh, uh, I scrolled down too fast. Um, so then they cut to the mine offices. Someone vandalized the mine with the word like murderers written all across. And so the woman we saw earlier at the ice rink, who was like the owner or someone in charge to some extent of the minds was there and Liz shows up and she's basically like, dog, uh, she's like, I want to press charges. And Liz is like, come on, dog. Like you don't want to press charges on her. You want to press charges on me. Cause I fucked your husband. Basically. Like you try to get back at me. And the woman basically admitted it. She was just like, yeah, I'm still pissed at you. So fuck it. Let her go. So she didn't actually char press charges on Leah, but you know, Liz, she, Liz goes and gets Leah and Leah's just like, and Liz is just like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck were you doing? Um, and Leah's like, why do you always take their side? And so Navarro, they cut to Navarro. She's driving. She calls uh, to um, Jules to check in. Jules ain't fucking there. They cut to Jules. She's back at that shipwreck that we saw before. Uh, and then she just takes her clothes off and just walks into the fucking ice. Like, and she folded them nice and neat like the scientist's clothes were there. And just walked in the fucking ice. And so I was like, I wonder if the scientists did that shit. Because they was naked and their clothes were folded up. But they had, like, scary faces. We didn't see Leah's Yeah, body. I was also wondering about that. So first of all, this is this is the one plot twist that's truly, I mean, plot, plot hole that's actually unacceptable. So 
there's no real way where like you can go to a mental hospital voluntarily, but you can't just walk out at 9 p.m. when you just checked in. Like apparently there's all kind of paperwork you have to do to intake. Like it would never be like you come in and come out within the same two hours um, because they would contact your family if you left. Like you like even though it's voluntary, once you do it, like you sign something because then again, every place would be liable for every person who wanted to get up and walk out. So it's like mm -hmm. it, it's not a it's not a rehab center, it's a mental health prevention center. So they were like the review that was like, why the fuck would they not just have her call Navarro anyway? And be like, I'm I, be like, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I guess they wanted it to be like she should be good, like she should be getting right. help. Um, but it really didn't make that much sense to me. And then, I mean, I think you can tie together like, I guess there's a there's a tie of the mom, like the guy and the the Salal survivor in the hospital who popped up and said your mom's calling you. Like, if maybe her mom is in the maybe like the mom appears in different ways like maybe the mom is just a manifestation of like whatever is deep dark in the ice or maybe right. the mom is just an example of or, or maybe her mom is like the ultimate ghost i don't know but point i'm trying to make is that um it was a very it's a very stupid way to get her out there and to get her to be calm and thinking her sister's okay because every other night she's gone to sleep thinking her sister's okay and not been over her house so i don't know that it that they needed that and then the last thing is that when they find which i'm just telling you we'll talk about it later but when they find the body there's like it's like how does that that happens way too quick because she just walked up into the ice like you said we know well no gonna... they explained that they said that so up there where the shipwreck was apparently it's like the water like the ocean so they said she just walked into the ocean and so a fisherman saw her body floating in the water so she wasn't right out but the think ice, about like the, the scientists but... Right, but think about the quick, like, it's just not realistic that the body would be, this, like, that she would die, because it takes a minute to die, right? Because they say, like, you don't die of hypothermia or whatever, you die from, like, whatever the fuck else. No, she died um, from drowning. They right, found her in okay. the ocean. Right, okay, so so then they found a naked person and found out who her next of kin was within that amount of time. Right. Like, like, yeah, so I'm just saying, like, there's a plot hole there. Some, the, the reviewer said... What if they had just had one of the men who knew her, like while they were all searching, find her, like that would have made more sense. And I was like, yeah, I probably would have. So anyway, I don't know why that's important. And for the review, I'm nervous that it won't be important, but uh, I am. It does seem like whatever's happening, someone's calling to her. It's getting to her. And I'm just genuinely confused about about this. I really am. Um, well, the show that. tried to make it a point to different differentiate between mental health and the spiritual world i think that this episode kind of blurred those lines a little bit whereas before this episode they were trying to make a clear distinction between those so i think that's interesting um so I, i'd be interested to see how they how they tidy all that up um but yeah so they cut to liz's house Leah's packing her bag to leave she's like i'm going to the priors that's pete's family and she's like, I'm not gonna make you pretend anymore. And Liz is like, fuck it, go. I don't I don't want you here then. She Sorry, really that, does. That, that no, I she see, she didn't say I don't want you here then. She said she just stopped fighting her. And I thought that was interesting. Um, because she was just like, All right, go. And because I have to keep reminding you, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where is she going? And I realized, like, oh, she's just going to her family. Okay, that's fine. Like, um, I 
I do think the daughter misunderstands her, but I don't think that I do not think that Danvers makes it easy to be understood either. Well, no, of course not. <laughs> not at all. Uh Liz dumps she made she had this whole ass turkey. She just threw that shit in the fucking trash. That's like that's a big fucking turkey just throwing a goddamn Patty. trash. Patty. Um and then she starts looking at the Annie K video again. Liz notices that the power cuts off in both videos at the end. She's like, that shit's weird. Why would they fucking have power in the goddamn ice cave? Uh, and yeah. So, so clearly that like space is not, like, she's not inside the bones of a whale or whatever the fuck. So they're going to, even though at first they were like, where's the ice caves? They're going to conveniently find it somewhere near there, I think. And then again, like when we, um, I don't think I remember the lights going out. Maybe I do like from the pilot, um, but yeah. So there's a there's a power zap and not a glitch, and I think that is it's interesting because she had watched that video twelve million four hundred times, and then caught that. Um, and there's this other part of it where like neither one of them can really sleep because they're just thinking about the video, which is probably terrifying. Oh, that yeah. actually brings me to a point I did want to make today. Um, the saddest thing about the whole Black Lives versus Blue Lives Matter thing is like police should be the main ones holding each other accountable and kicking niggas out when they fuck up because (laughs) the police do such hard work like seeing dead bodies all day seeing like you know hearing screams watching videos of stuff like just knowing how depraved people are detectives i guess whatever people in homicide um work so hard and give so much sacrifice that you're letting other people taint your legacy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like I do appreciate the police who can do things like that and who are helpful, but you got to want to be the best. You got to want to be elite. Right. You got to want to be SVU. So, anyway, that, that's what they made me think of. I'm like, damn, this is like I always, that was what I've always said this entire time. I was like, I can, I, I don't, <laughs> like, I mean, besides the racism, but like outside of the racism, I don't see the benefit. The, the, the benefit is like, Oh, our job is hard, and sometimes we need to blur the line. And I was like, I think people would like be okay with you blurring the line a little bit if you weren't like racist assholes. If you were like mm-hmm. blur the mm-hmm. line to try to do good, people blur the line to try to do good all the fucking time. Activists exactly. aren't yep. always well, the nicest yep. people, but yep. they're trying to do good, and so we give them the benefit of like, well, okay, that's fine. We know what you're trying to do. Yeah. So that was always ridiculous. So then they cut uh, Jody. Um, Jody says she's gonna. Uh, I said Jody because I'm talking about Jody Foster. Liz yeah. calls Navarro and is like, "Hey, dog, I figured this shit out. I'm about to come pick you up." And Navarro's like, "Bitch, you are drunk. What are you talking about? I'm not. I'm not. You're not picking me up from nobody." And she's like, "All right, then. I'm gonna tell Pete to do it." And she's like, "It's Christmas Eve, dog. Let that nigga go be with his family." And she was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna tell Pete to do it." He'll be there in a little bit. And she called, and she called, he's Pete's with his dad. And his dad's like, Can I just come spend Christmas with y'all? Cause I'm really sad. Uh, and he's like, All right, then. And so they get ready to pack up and leave. And right when they packing up and leave, she called his ass talking about, Can you go give pick up Navarro? She needs backup. Cause she wants him to go back to the nomad colony where they saw Oliver last week to ask some more questions to see if they know Otis and some shit. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I I wrote this. I was like, he about to, he finna die, cause it's like they set his ass up to. He's he just he seems like this nice kid who keeps doing everything that they ask of him. And I was like, in stories, that person dies. <laughs> that person dies all the time in stories. 
So then they cut to Navarro and Pete, and they were driving up back up there. And she and Pete was and Pete's so good hearted. He was like, she was drunk, wasn't she? And Navarro was like, oh, she was fucked up. And then they have a little laugh about how fucked up she was. So I thought that was kind of funny. Like at least he could have a laugh about it, despite being like out of nowhere, like out there on Christmas Eve. They get back to where Oliver's uh, Tagak's at, and these dudes show up like, oh, he gone. And so they try to ask some questions about where he went. And she was like, I don't know. He left right after y'all left. And then she was like, well, I found this rock in his house with the spiral on it. And all of them just stepped up and looked at him. Didn't say shit. And I was like, oh, all right. It's some, this is weird. <laughs> I mean, remember how they came in his house before and he was threatening the police with a shotgun? Like, this yeah. is just clearly no man's land. So it's very, it is very much giving that. I also, one thing I will say is I could never live in a place like that where the end of the conversation is just somebody not answering you and staring at you. Because I would be like, <laughs> y'all, did you hear? I, I'm not even saying you have to answer. I just want to, did you hear me? Like, I would, it would be so awkward because I'd be like, I, what, are you waiting for me to finish talking? Why, why aren't you talking? Like, that, that would not be clear to me. So then they cut back to Liz's house. She, she's still listening to Static, which is just fucking weird. Then she just gets up and drives to Connolly's house to fuck on Christmas Eve. And Connolly's like, did you drive over here? Like, you're a cop. What are you doing? She's not. <laughs> and then in there, she's tripping. And then he's like, she's basically like, shut the fuck up and kiss me. So they start kissing. And he, she sees his white teeth whitening thing. <laughs> and she's like, look at this nigga whitening your teeth for your mayor run. Like, just talking shit to her because she's fucked up. And then they end up getting on, they end up talking about, like, being a cop. And, Connelly, and she was like, I know why you moved me here, because I was coming for your job, and you had to get rid of me. And Connolly was like, look, you are a better cop than me. I'm not going to deny that. But you are horrible with fucking people. And I'm like, I'm not trying to defend Connolly, but she is horrible with people. Like, I, I don't feel like you can be captain of a police force, and everyone on the police force hates you. Like, at least them niggas gotta like you. I mean, <laughs> and, and, else and, and that's you. and that's fair enough. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's that's actually fair. And the way he broke it down, I was like, damn, you can't really argue too bad. So then they, uh, she was like, yeah, and it got worse after Jake and Holden. So I guess that's his husband. We know Holden's her son, but her husband's name is Jake. She's like, yeah, and that shit got worse after Jake and Holden. And Liz got pissed and stormed out like she does. Uh, they cut to Hank's house. This nigga's watching Elf. Sad as shit. And this is where we see the rose petals and the champagne and everything that he had for his scam-ass girlfriend. Navarro gets a call from the Coast Guard letting her know that Jules is dead. The Coast Guard found her body. Uh, this Now, this scene was the most egregious exposition of all time. Pete gets in the bed with Kayla and says, I'm sorry. And she don't really say shit, or she says whatever. And then Pete says, why don't you just say I ruined your life and you didn't want to have the baby? And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, where What did that? Where did that come from? Like, oh, that was a built up that came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were just kind of going for it. That shit was, that shit was horrible. Like, I don't know what the fuck that was. And so, uh, so apparently, 
apparently Kayla didn't want to have the baby, and but she had it and she regrets it, according to Pete, according to his viewpoint. Um, and so then they cut to the lighthouse. Navarro is pissed, and she's like, "How the fuck do you let her leave?" Like, I just checked her in earlier today, like 12 hours ago. You let her fucking leave in 12 hours? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, he's like, excuse shit. me. He's like, I don't know what to tell you. It's voluntary. I was like, oh, please. They start throwing. She start throwing shit and getting angry. Then she's driving away. She sees the white dude from, like you said, from the beginning. She just, get, but this time it's like three of them niggas out there. And she just gets out and starts fighting him. And she was winning for a while, but, you know, the numbers game going to catch up to you. And so after a while, they hit her. By the way, they hit her with like an old ass hubcap. And that's what knocked her down. They busted her with a fucking hubcap. And then then they just start stomping her. Kind of like on Don't Be a Menace when they just stomped the nigga until you turn flat. It wasn't that bad, but it was kind of like that. And so they stomped her. And then the next thing we know, they cut the Liz. She driving in the street, fucked up. And we see the polar bear again. And I'm like, this polar bear is not real. So clearly, it, it, I mean, it can't, the polar bear cannot possibly be real. So at this point, not only is Jules, well, was Jules seeing people and Navarro seeing people or things, but Liz is absolutely seeing people as well. Like she has to be seeing people as well. And so I'm just like, is there something in the air that's causing hallucinations? No, that's what I'm saying. I don't. No, I'm truly confused. Um, I think it would make sense. I think it would make sense that every apparition, every vision is connected. I don't know if what Danvers and the borrower are seeing, because they're seeing the same thing or just connected. I don't know if that's also connected to the sister, Lily. Was her name Lily? Whose sister? Uh, Evangelina's Navarro's? Sister. Yeah. I uh, know Jules. Jules. Um, I don't know if it's connected to Jules, and I don't know how it's connected to the mother. Because I guess I would, because what I would assume is that your psychosis, if it's psychosis, you would see things related to you. If it's something spiritual, you would see things related to you. Um, but I don't know why then Navarro would see Danvers' son. That's the only part where I'm like, I don't, I don't know. So maybe they're just interlinked. But that polar bear is clearly a manifestation of um the son. And so uh, the fact that Evangeline's Navarro's also seeing it is interesting, but um, yeah, I guess the polar bear isn't real, and the stuffed animal is like it's it's just kind of all the same thing, but nothing at the same time. I don't know. I feel the same way, and so, uh, yeah, they start beating the shit out of her. So then they cut the Liz. She saw the polar bear. They cut back to uh, Navarro. She's fucked up, like heads bleeding, eyes busted, lips busted. She's all fucked up, and uh, she's digging some shit. Kavik hears some noise, pulls out his shoddy. It's like, who the fuck is there? Pulls out the shoddy, walks into the room, sees that his uh, sees that his uh, sees that his Navarro is like, oh, what the fuck happened to you? Uh, and so he starts to take care of her, like Chanel said. He gets down like he's about to propose to her, but then like. Uh, relocates her finger that was dislocated uh and then navarro asks like you know why are you alone like why why are you alone and she's like you are alone and she's like danvers is alone rose is alone we're all fucking alone 
And she's like really going through that shit. And Kravik was like, girl, you are not alone. <laughs> like, you're not alone. Uh, and I was like, this was some good ass acting, uh, particularly for someone who's like not been an actress her whole life. Like, a former boxer who was acting her ass off in the scene. I thought this was one of the best acted scenes of the series uh, so far. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I like seeing Kavik. I think he's a good balance to her and cares for her. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, just taking it from the events, like, she literally gets told that her sister is dead and has the presence of mind to tell prior to go have a good Christmas. Like, the way I would have lost it in that car and, like, not, be, you know what I mean? Like, I would have been like, okay, prior, sorry, you're not going home. You come with me, dude wherever I need to do like so she so the way she's processing this is like you said hyper masculine in terms of like how we think about mm -hmm. men being taught to process emotions for one and for two it does like everything she's doing makes makes sense to me in that trope like this is something that tracked for me like a going to the man who she knows cares about her but she doesn't know if she cares the same or is willing to say it um and then her just letting it out so she had her fight and she had her cry and you know there's going to be more to it for sure so then it's Christmas Day, uh, and we get a montage mixed in with some flashbacks with Liz with her family when they were alive. This is where I saw some light. This is where I said I saw some light. Uh, so I had to go back and look at that, but it looked like there was some light there. Uh, Navarro shows up at Liz's house. Uh, she tells Liz Oliver was gone when they got there. Uh, Navarro uh, sees the polar bear, and she's like the, the stuffed animal polar bear, I should say. And she asks if it's holding. She's like, yeah. Uh, Liz goes on a rant about dead people being dead. She's like, well, you don't believe that. You still got this fucking uh, teddy bear. So Liz takes a teddy bear, opens the door, and throws that bitch outside <laughs> to try to make a point. And she was like, look, fuck it. It's gone now. Uh, and Navarro tells Liz, she's like, dog. Uh, she's like, listen, Jules killed herself. She just walked out into the sea, fell in the ocean. They found Coast Guard found her. And LeBron's like, it's some curse, man. It's some curse that calls us and then we have to follow. It called my mama, it called her, and I know it's gonna call me next. And Liz says, No, you are intelligent. You aren't like that. You're gonna be fine. Um, and she says, You're doing the same thing you did with Wheeler. And the was like, What are you talking about? She was like, I saw you there. You saw some kind of ghost of spirit. And then they cut to it, and they show, like, this woman that looks just, like, pointing at her there. And then Navarro's like, I saw nothing. And so I thought that was interesting because I wonder if Liz saw some shit. Like, because she's an unreliable narrator. The last time she told the story wasn't the truth. So how do I know she's telling the story this time, like, telling the truth? And so then Pete calls Liz, um, and they... They spotted something near the dredge. She sends the photo. Uh, Clark was out there. I mean, excuse me, not Clark. Otis was out there. No, Clark, yeah. My bad. They found a photo of Clark walking around out there. Uh, and so Navarro was like, oh, we got to get the fuck out there. So they go to the dredges. There's all types of graffiti in this place. Like, it's just kind of fucked up and scary. Um, a fire's burning. Like, somebody was standing there, like, in the middle of fucking nowhere. You see the big ass spiral on the wall that appears to be made out of blood. Um, then they see somebody running. Navarro's like, while wow. and Liz goes after them, but Navarro hears somebody calling her name. Like she's starting to hear things mm -hmm. calling her name. And just says, fuck Danvers and goes. She's, she sees her sister come up to her 
No, um, I don't think that's who. We, oh, oh, it might have been her sister. She looked kind of different, but floating in the water. Oh, okay. Maybe it's like not. I feel like her mom and her sister have merged in terms mm-hmm. like the spiritual thing because like the there's a body floating in the water, which I just realized it's probably her sister. Like there's like a river flowing under where she sees now, but then at the same time, she looks just like at least when she's on the in the water what the mom looked like under the bed. Right. So it's kind of like the similar image. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so then uh, Navarro sees some footsteps from coming out of the water. So she follows the footsteps. Uh, Liz corners the person. It's not Raymond Clark. It's actually Otis, the guy they were looking for earlier. And Otis looks in fucking sane. Like he, he looks insane. And they, mm-hmm. they cut to Navarro, and she's at this fucking Christmas tree that's lit up. I'm like, why is there a Christmas tree in the middle of this fucking nowhere? Like, what is going on here? This is, this is wild. Um, and she turns around, and that I think that was I think you're right. I think the first part was her mom. Because when she turns around the Christmas tree, that was Jules because she had the blue hair that was just like screaming yeah, at her. Yeah, yeah. And it said they cut back to Liz and Otis said Raymond left. He went, quote, back down to hide, whatever that means. Otis says he's hiding in the night country. Um, and so then they cut back to Navarro. She's in a fucking trance, her ears bleeding, like we've seen everybody else, something like her ear gets busted, like everybody else had it happening to her. And Liz is trying to walk up to try to like knock her out of it, and she is just not moving. She's just standing at the Christmas tree, and then it cuts to black. And that's the end of that. I episode. mean, it's confusing. I think that I think that the scientific answer is that there's something that the mind is doing that's fucking with people, and it's causing mm. everybody in the town to hallucinate or be fucked up. So if they want to go scientific, I feel like that's the answer. Like, the mind is doing some shit, fucking up the water, or it's releasing something into the air. Like, in real life, uh, so, because I know we're going to wrap this up, in real life, there's a fear that with global warming and climate change, that, like, when the glaciers start to melt up at the polar caps, that some old disease or something that was, you know, trapped in ice for thousands and th- tens of thousands of years and millions of years is then going to be released back into the air and it's going to fuck us all up because they don't know what's in there because it's been frozen for a million years, right? right. And so that's like a real life theory about uh, climate change. And the first episode, they tell us that the scientists were there to study climate change like that's what they were up there for to study climate change and the effects it's had on the environment so if they want to go like super technical like not uh supernatural i feel like that's what's going to be it if they don't do that i'm with you i don't have, i don't have no fucking idea what's happening if it's not that so i'm with you on that yeah i think um um Sorry, I got uh, I got distracted by Dr. Miami's Twitter. He is a good follow. Um, but yeah, I think I'll, I'll wrap up by saying I think that 
based on this review, I'm nervous that it is exactly what you just said. Like it's right in front of our face. Um, and that all the other dynamics, you know, are what they are. And I think it is interesting because we talked about God. We talked about how Danvers is like, there is no ghost, but like people are like, I've fucking seen ghosts. Um, and then, you know, to be honest with you, whatever the fuck you say doesn't change the fact that there's Unless like the whole world and everyone is on the same page, it doesn't change the fact like global warming or mind wise that like the bodies were dead, right? The bodies were there. They did get airlifted. They are gone. Um, Tra- Travis did show Rose where the bodies were, unless Rose is the killer, and we don't think that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all the other stuff makes sense. Um, and I think that you know there's, it's kind of how like the ba- the Babadook is a metaphor, right? Um, I think if this can be metaphorical, but I don't think it makes sense for there to be a physical manifestation of climate change because yeah like I, it's also like if you're telling me this is just what happens to climate change we're past the point of prevention so you're just letting me know what's to come like this is not like in real life you know it's the same thing with like last of us when um i started doing mushroom coffee because i don't drink coffee anymore because it does it never really did much for me uh, it would actually make me sick if i'm be honest um and in there it's cordyceps and i'm like Yes. Why is it cordyceps in here? Because now nah, I'm I'm I got my eye on cordyceps. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't see that shit coming out your mouth. So if if ugh, actually that did I ever tell you when we talk about Last of Us on here in general? I think I have a I don't have the fear of holes, but I have a fear of something adjacent to that. Because you know when all the people would be. Sp- You know, a lot of people would be, would be spread out and they'd be like connected by the, by the, the mushroom the stuff. You're talking yeah, about in Last not, of Us. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You know, how, like it'd be like spread all over, like yeah. not, okay. That makes my body, sh- I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm tense right now. I don't know what, somebody please tell me what, what uh, phobia that is because that would make my stomach hurt. I would have to look away from the screen when I saw it. Nothing else. The zombies, blood, murder, nothing. It's like, I have a phobia for whatever the fuck that was. And I literally was looking up like, is it a fun? And it's not a fungus phobia because I'm not scared of mushrooms. But that shit. Oh my God, I don't like that shit. It's it's something about how it's all connected. Um, Anywho, sorry, I don't know <laughs> how we got there. Um, it's going to be fun to talk about that. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm okay. I don't know if I can do it. I really did not like. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Oh my God, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Okay, hold on, y'all. We I need to just show this to Brandon because. Oh, can you give me screen share? Why? Oh, hurry up, hurry up, so I can just show it to you and turn it off. <laughs> what um, is wrong with you? I don't like this. Is it's a phobia? So you know how? Um. Anyway, the 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 show. I'm just not sure where we're gonna go with it. And I'm showing uh, Brandon what part, I, this, that part. You see that? Yeah, but that's not real. <laughs> what? But what is it about it? What is that? Because I'm, I'm phobia of that. It's so nasty. So take it off your screen. Oh, I'm not looking at it. You're looking at it. You're looking at. Hold on. Oh. Hold on. Oh, thank God. Oh my God. Okay. Um, I just want to show you because you see, what I'm saying it's like it's not. A fear of holes, like I can look at a honeycomb. It's a fear of that shit. A fear of people's face becoming mutated. No, it's the stuff around it. It's not the face. Oh, it's oh, the, it's the, the literal. 
Yes, oh, it's the nasty okay, stuff spread. That is yeah. nasty to me. Yeah. Okay. okay. So we can't recap that show. Um, I only want to watch the gay episodes of The Last of Us. I don't want to watch nothing. The gay romance episodes will recap and then I'll skip the rest. Um, so yes. As you guys can see, I'm still not feeling good. I'm I'm a little bit out of it today, uh, in terms of staying on track. Long story short, I don't know what the fuck's about to happen. In the preview, we see that Navarro recovers her brain like she's not a zombie the rest of the time. But clearly, like, she said out loud, talking about exposition, she said, it's coming from me. It makes me want to follow it. I'm hearing it. She leaves Danvers in the middle of a, ch- a chase of a perp to go, like, listen to the voice. So clearly it has more hold of her than, like, her rational self. And, and she probably um, should be suspended. If we're well, honest. I mean, the, the yeah, but first of all, Lighthouse not going to help her ass, so she might as well get a check. No, I'm talking about for just whooping some citizens' ass and just sitting oh, there doing nothing. Ah, <laughs> the, re- the, the review, the reviewer was like, man, she really took her job, like, took her authority. They whooped her ass back. It's, we're even. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, because yeah, it's, con- it's, it's almost man. like, because it's almost like, I'm not trying to, I'm not advocating for this. I'm clearly fucking around. But it's almost like if you, if a, if a cop who just happens to be a cop, if you get into a fight with a cop, right? Not when he's arresting you, just do that fight with a cop and you punch a cop. The cops can't just go around punching people and not getting punched back. But once no, I punch you back, we're, but once I punch you back, we're fighting and we had a fight and the fight's yes. over. So we both got to go to jail. You know what I mean? Like, like, he so we just shake hands and walk away. No, I'm saying <laughs> cops can't just go walking around punching I people. Know, know, they I'm gotta get some, even in Ennis where it's seven cops. They gotta around, get suspended. Well, yeah, because that's truly the only place in the world where you could say like we don't have enough cops to hold them accountable. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now where they're fighting, they have this weird as murder investigation. Uh, but yeah, I I didn't look at the preview, so I don't know what the hell's happening next. Um, I expect, I expect next episode to. I wonder if this is where he talks about the pacing issues because I expect next episode to push this really forward. Because at this point, we're about to be in the play the ultimate episode. We are not eighty percent. I don't think we're like eighty percent through. Like the story does not seem like we're eighty percent to the end. It seems yeah, like we're like. If this was a movie, it seemed like this would be like. The middle of the second act like we're just going through like where things mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. but they got two episodes left so they got to wrap it up so uh speaking of wrapping it up thank you all for listening to episode four of true detective we'll be back next week oh so no in case you don't know the super bowl's on sunday and so because the super bowl's on sunday um true detective is coming on friday because they don't I saw that compete. they don't want to compete with the super bowl so i saw that We'll Those still give you guys an episode Monday or Tuesday, probably, realistically, because Sunday's off limits. Um, so we'll see if we can get together before then. I did want to say a couple things um before we tell you guys to stay some kind of way. Um, the thing I was laughing about before was that Dr. Miami, uh, last year in December, he tweeted that Christians get half off of BBLs on Christmas Day. And I just think this is so stupid. And the problem with me looking at Dr. Miami stuff is I'd be seeing these bodies like, dang, do, do, am I going to get surgery? Anyway, he's in here. Whenever he tweets, people think he's coming for Drake. And I love it because apparently today he tweeted, yes, it's possible to get a penis extension. Um, and then he was like, whoa, I didn't even know what we were talking about. I just responded. So anyway, shout out to Dr. Miami. Um, shout out to Navarro and them. 
And uh, thank you guys for listening. When we we're usually very much um, blessed and and able to get this shit together today. I'm a little bit off. Also, that review was rude and unnecessary, but we read it. We're here. You guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Check out the, the show notes to see how where you can find us. And in the meantime, stay, stay in night country because I guess we're all in night country now. Talk to y'all later. Bye.